Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. How's everybody doing? Yvette Avery Herod, welcome aboard our beautiful union specialist. How are you doing, my friend? AVQ, listening from Twitch. How are you doing, my dear friend? Para ver quien más está aquí. We see Michael says, Egberto, did you check out the AJ video last uh, linked? You via Messenger? Yes, I did. Still feeling sick today, though. Better than yesterday. Going to be listening in might as well. Front load the commentary. So that's what. So that's about all I've had for today. I sure hope you're feeling better. You got. I read it before. I got a chance to ask you how you were doing, my dear brother. I'm. I trust that it's just one of those 24-hour flus or so. You know, we need you strong. We need you around. We need all our posse around. How are you doing today, folks? How are you doing? Let's see. We are kind of scant on folks. Where is everybody? I think notifications should have gone out. Anybody else join the fall? E2247 is here, he says. How are you doing, relatives? Welcome aboard. Okay. Let's go wild. More people come on in. Let me go ahead and start with Rudnin's new new uh, pieces here. My uh, Reuters. Russia destroys power and water infrastructure across Ukraine. Russia has destroyed almost a third of Ukraine's power stations. I read that President Vladimir Zelensky said on Tuesday as Moscow uh, rained more missiles down the infrastructure in the Kiev and West, uh, West call, uh, the West called a terror campaign to intimidate civilians. Missiles struck power stations in the capital, Kiev, where they, they killed these people. And in Kharkiv in the east, Dripov, or Dripov, what is it? Nipro, Nipro, and I don't know how to say that. In the south of Sinomir, in the west, causing blackouts and knocking out water supplies. Kiev and the west say intentionally attacking civilian infrastructure is a war crime, and the attacks aimed at leaving Ukrainians with no heat, water, and power. You know, what do you do? And and you know, I am at a loss because if one country is throwing missiles into another country. And blowing the crap out of another country. To me, the, the appropriate response is to do the same, to the to let the other country feel pain. I mean, right now, look, I am no fan of Ukraine. I'm no fan of Russia or any of that. But it, there's just something that seems one-sided here. How do you just go into another country and blow it up to smithereens, claiming, well, this is really my, the country that we should have? I mean, it's it's wrong. I mean, the the U.S. have done it before, yes. It's just wrong. It is just wrong that these innocent civilians have to just uh, watch as some other country blows, come in there and blow things up. And when it's time to repair it, that other country is not going to pay the price to repair it. I mean, it war is just so dumb. War is just so stupid. And you wonder what people think of those who continuously push for war. It is just so sad. Business Insider from Michael Rudden again. Donald Trump finally gets served $250 million New York uh, fraud lawsuit after three weeks and a court order. The lawsuit accuses the Trump Organization of decade-long pattern of fraudulent exaggerating the company's worth. It seeks a quarter billion dollar in penalties and to bar the Trumps from doing business in New York. Good, uh, good thing. Representatives for Donald Trump and his son Eric Trump, an executive vice president uh, at his father's company, had evaded service uh, of the lawsuit ever since it has filed three weeks ago on September 21st. The apparent Run around uh, 
led James' office to accuse Trump's side of gamesmanship. Last week, she sought a court order that allowed her to simply email the papers and be done with it. The Manhattan judge handling the case quickly agreed, ruling Thursday that emailing the papers to the two lawyers would suffice as a service to both Trumps. I love that. Trying to run away from getting served, you know? Sad. All right, continue. Oh, this is a long one, Michael. What is this about? Earth just got zapped by biggest gamma ray bursts in, uh, at all times. GRBs were the first to discover by scientists, uh, rather, gamma ray blasts was were first discovered by scientists accidentally in 1960s, and even then, they realized that these bursts generate as much energy as our sun with during the entire 10 billion year lifetime. On this recent occasion, the, uh, the explosive event, now officially dubbed GRB 22109A, traveled nearly 2 billion light years to reach the Earth, originating as it did uh, all the way from the direction of the constellation Sigita. Coincidentally, it happened to arrive at the same time, same moment, when gamma ray astronomers were gathering in South Africa, city of Johannesburg, for the 10th Fermi Symposium. Needless to say, they were impressed by symbolically rich timing. Preliminary analysis indicate that the Fermi's uh, large telescope, a space telescope, managed and detect the radiation as a massive star collapsed under its own weight. As a result, astronomers believe the information obtained by measuring this radioactive uh, pulse can uh, provide new insights into how black holes are created. Uh, Roberta Pieta, a Fermi lat uh, collaborator, member, and doctoral student at the uh, Psychotech University of Bari, Italy, in press statement about the burst. The burst is much closer than typical GRBs, which is exciting because it allows us to detect many details that otherwise would be too faint to see, but it's almost among... You know what's so funny? That stuff occurred a long time ago. That blast coming to the Earth occurred 10 billion year life... I mean, years ago. And we're just seeing it now. And it's like, oh, it finally got here. Common dreams. Believe him, says critics, as McCarthy signals GOP plan to attack Social Security and Medicare. Progressives on Tuesday warned that U.S. voters should take House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and other Republicans at their words when they threaten to enact cuts to Social Security and Medicare despite the cost of living crisis that already has Americans struggling to avoid health care essentials. And they need to put this in ads now. They need to put it in ads with his words. We're coming after Social Security. We're coming after your Social Security. They need to put it in words now. Thank you for that one, uh, Michael. I think that's important. The debt limit is the amount of money the federal government... Wait, let me, let me see. In an interview with uh, Punchbowl Newsday, the California Republican outlined policy, uh, outlined plans to use the expected fight over the raising of the debt ceiling next year as leverage to pass several austerity policies and block additional aid for Ukraine, as well as blocking pandemic-related spending. The debt limit is the amount of money the federal government is permitted to borrow to meet the illegal obligations, including Medicare, Social Security, tax refunds, and other payments. Failing to raise the debt limit and defaulting on those obligations will cause global financial crisis. These guys are irresponsible clowns, and it is time for them to be called out. And it's time for people to make noise. Alex Lawson, executive director of Social Security Work, said the response to Republican leader Kevin McCarthy laying out his plans for next year's debt limit deadline to force cuts to Social Security and Medicare. Over and over again, Republicans are telling us their number one priority, they gain Congress, cut, privatize, and ultimately destroy the American people's earned Social Security and Medicare benefits. The latest Republican to spell out these plans, Kevin McCarthy, who leads House Republicans and is likely to be next Speaker of the House if Republicans win a majority. McCarthy and his caucus 
are so hostile to Social Security and Medicare that even right before the election, they can't stop talking about their plans to force benefit cuts. With the global economy in as a hostage, the future of Social Security and Medicare is on the ballot in November. Democrats are united to support and protecting and expanding the benefits. Republicans led by McCarthy are united in a plot to reach out the pockets and steal your money. Democrats, if you don't know what to do with this news, then you should be charged with malpractice. If you don't know what to do with this news, you should be charged immediately with malpractice because that's what it would be. Bernie Sanders tweeted, the Republicans' solution to inflation is to hold the full faith and credit of the United States, U.S. government hostage unless they're able to enact huge cuts to Social Security and Medicare at a time when 55% of seniors are trying to survive on less than $25,000 a year. Outrageous, outrageous, outrageous. NBC News, nearly... Uh, Michael, how many stuff do you have here? I got to get busy. Uh, nearly one in five adults have diabetes. Read that one on your own, guys. All right, let's get busy. Hello, relatives. Uh, Michael Rudder says, being sick three days now, most likely the flu. That's what I thought it would be. Bruce Pollard is in the house. He says, howdy, howdy, Bruce. We have E2247. E2 War does that make bring peace? Now love is ipped out by what? The, the horizon weapons that kill indiscriminately with neither hate nor love. That is very philosophical, E2247. Alistair Water says, anybody here on YouTube? Hi, all. Yep, YouTube is filled up right now. I mean, well, uh, I think we got 14 folks or so on, on YouTube right now. I think we got, fifth, uh, well, we had eight on, on, on this before, 10 on this. I don't know, it kind of dropped. Anyway, uh, Michael Renner said, yep, the GRB blast was 2 billion years old and we're able to detect it. Imagine how powerful an explosion it was to be detectable at that distance. We're not talking about a galaxy, but a single star supernova supernova explo- explosion that's outshining the galaxy it's in. It's amazing, isn't it? Lee Grant says, hello, Alistair. Bridge MCP says, hola, peeps. Then, of course, we have uh, Paraver. Uh, E2247 negotiate end to arms race and nationalize all weapons industrial players, whether financial, real estate. You know, I, I'm, I'm. Look, the private sector has issues. They have to produce and produce to cut, maximize profits for their shareholders. What that means, if you're in the war business, you you need wars. I mean, it's so simple, right? Lee Grant says, "Hey y'all, hey y'all, Lee Grant, how you doing?" Tom C. says, here watching on YouTube, is Michael Rudnan suffering from the gamma ray flu? Tom C., how are you going to talk about Brother Rudnan like that? Yeah, he has a gamma ray flu. No, he got the real flu, I think, man. Michael Rudnan said, Tom C., yeah, I should be lying down now. Headache is killing me. Um, you know what works? Excedrin. Excedrin works for headaches like a, like a you know, what? All right, Egberto, it was a lot of start off with as I'm going to go lie down now. Got nothing else for the rest of the show. Well, thank you for bringing what you have. You always bring us good information to keep all of us informed. Alistair says, hi, Tom. Everything else is hunky-dory. Let me tell you something, my friends. I uh, saw an ad yesterday. I think it was on Joanne Reed, maybe. And it was... I thought it was the most riveting ad I had seen in a while. And I think, I honestly think uh, this ad is one of the best. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. 
Congressman Eric Swalwell has a new ad out that gives me hope that in these last three weeks, we are going to see some gloves off taking not a knife to a gunfight, but a bazooka to one. Because I tell you what, folks, um, this election is consequential. And if we don't give the urgency or show the urgency to the progressive base, to the Democratic base, that something has to be done, that they have to participate, that they have to engage, then we are going to have a hell of a time climbing out of the MAGA hole that's going to be created in 2022, November, if we don't do it right. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. You're weird. He is weird. Fuck you. Gross. Mary Anderson? Yes? I have a warrant for your arrest. Arrest for what? Penal code 243 violation. Unlawful termination of a pregnancy. You gotta be kidding me. That That is my personal business. That's for the courts to decide, ma'am. Your medical records have been subpoenaed, and Dr. Landry's already in custody. No, my... God, you, you, you can't just... You will have to submit to a physical examination. What? By who? No, no, no one's touching me. Oh, Here, turn around. Oh my Put your oh my hands God. behind your back. Now. Why is this happening? Love you. We're just enforcing the law here. Elections have consequences. Vote Democrat on November 8th. Stop Republicans from criminalizing abortion everywhere. Protect women's rights and freedom. Please don't do this. Now, is that a good, hard-hitting ad or what? It says it all. It shows you what republicanism of today, MAGA republicanism, is all about. And it shows you in, in, in very graphic terms what it's going to be like for women. And we're saying women, right? But for many other issues that they decide to take an upper hand in, in which they're going to say it is our way or the highway. Folks, if you know what's good for us all, go out there and vote, but not only vote, vote your conscience, vote your morals, vote ethically, ensure that you're not doing a vote to stick it to some folks that really don't need to have it stuck to. Vote. We absolutely so. Go vote. It is your responsibility. Una vez más, le voy a decir, one more time, I'm going to tell you, go vote. And you know, I, you know what is the most, um, I, I just have to, to say this because this one kind of almost brought me to tears this morning. Actually, I was on the phone. Uh, I was figuring out, I, you know, two of our great engineers here in our posse, both um, Bruce Pollard and, and, and Norman Reynolds, I wanted to learn a little bit about um, solar panels because um, my electric bill have been uh, sort of ridiculous. Plus the, con- the new contract that I signed, the electric prices were pretty high. So I really took seriously about considering getting panels. And just to let you guys know, you can actually get panels on your home now. 
free of charge. Not well, I'm sorry, not free of charge. What, what am I saying? Nothing is free. Uh, without any initial investment from yourselves, you can find a company. They'll call, put the panels on you. But of course, you are responsible for whatever the cost is. The cost usually turns out to be on a monthly basis less than your um, than your current electric rates. And somehow they try to make it match. Uh, I, I, I think too often uh, what they really do, in my humble opinion, um, is to... To, uh, to to go ahead and make adjustments, right? So we'll see. We'll we'll see how it works out in the long run. But um, so I called up uh, Bruce. Bruce gave me some good advice, and I called up our Norman. Norman gave me some good advice. But while I was li- while I was talking to Norman, I got a call from one of our supporters, and this supporter had just received. The blog post that I did on Medium, or the article that I wrote on Medium, along with this ad, and she she just she just touched my heart. She she searched and hunt for my phone number, found a way to find me, found me, and just told me how. First of all, she loved what we do here. She loved the posse. She loved what we represent as a posse, attempting to do good, attempting to convince folks that we can make a difference. But the other thing she said was she was so happy that that email, we were doing our part in making sure that message got across. And then she also said, Egberta, you need to get some rest. She said, oh, you look kind of tired. You need to get some rest. I said, yes, ma'am. I'm, I went from three hours to five hours. So I'm, I'm, I'm improving. Not there yet, but I'm improving. I'm improving. Told her about my blood pressure. She said, oh, you know, that's, that is caused by... Yes. But I'm really just trying to say how much your interaction with all of you really means to me. That's, that's, that's the whole gist of telling this story. And I, you know, I, I put Norman on hold and told him I'll call him back after she called because, again, you know, working 16 hours a day is not, I mean, it, doing something that you like is great. But what is even greater, what is even greater is when I hear from you guys that say, yes, it means something. I don't know how deep an expression I can give to that, how important that is, that uh, it gives you the impetus to continue going forward. It gives you the impetus to continue going forward. Uh, Lee Grant, the RCP 2022 generic congressional poll is plus four for for Republicans. It is plus two for Democrats on the poll that came out today. Check it out. The poll that came out today by, I don't remember who has Democrats up plus two. Check it out. It also has Stacey Abrams down by one point in Georgia. So these polls are all over the place. Whoever wins is going to be the one who gets out their voters. And if Georgia is speaking, Democrats are out in drove. They're past the 2018 levels in Georgia right now. And remember, there is a fixed number of Republicans. Republicans are always maxed out. Democrats rarely are maxed out. Remember that. And Tom C. says, row, row, row your vote. I love that, Tom. I love that. I love that. He also said, Lee Grant, Democrats are desperate to save democracy while Republicans are desperate to destroy it. Exactly. 
Exactly, exactly. Okay, let me continue reading some of these notes before I go to the to the next piece here. Here, watching YouTube. Uh, so let, now, let's see what else we got. Egberto, it was a lot to start off with. Yes, I got that one already. But yeah, um, Michael, I saw the video that you sent me with Panama and colorism in Latin America. That was a great piece. And ironically, the woman who uh, who did it is a Panamanian. So I, 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 it was great. I, Afro, Afro-Latina. It was great to see that. So thank you very much for giving me that, Mr. Rutnin. Um, Egberto, that was a great ad. Awesome. According to Bridge MCP, Robert V. Davenport says, greetings, progressive. Whoop, whoop. Here you go, my, 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 my good friend Davenport. Paul Fleming says, I am in the house in Atlanta. Paul, have you voted yet? If not, let's, let's go bank your vote, sir. Lee Grant says, that's some big-time fear-mongering. I agree. Although it's real, it's fear-mongering, but it's real. It's real. Tom C. says, yay, so the GOP stands for freedom and life? No, thank you. They have never stood for that. That was to fool their people into believing that they cared. And I want to remind my friends, all of you, right, left, middle, everywhere, I will never, ever, I repeat, I will never, ever give up on my righties, my lefties, or my middleies, or my anarchist. The reason why is too much was invested by the plutocracy to split us who we generally want in the aggregate the same things. They will never win in my boat, ever. And I want to play a piece by Anand later on that, that it was refreshing to see the piece he did today on Morning Joe, I cut it up. I, I'm going to want you guys to listen to that. Bridge MCP says, "Sometimes you need to fear. Uh, sometimes you need fear to show what could happen or is happening. Heck, fear is used all the times. And yes, gonna take away your guns. It, the funny thing about it, Bridge, is the people who perfected using fear are Republicans." The ad shows me the Dems are desperate in the face of the midterms. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, and they should be. They should be desperate. Americans should be desperate about the midterms. This is a very serious stuff. Robert Davenport says, if you are legally eligible to please register and vote, vote to save American democracy. Vote for Democrats up and down the ticket and vote, vote. Don't vote the top of the ticket and don't continue down. Vote the entire ticket. It is our civic responsibility to save our democracy. Bridge MCP says the Dems are afraid but are not getting the message out, and this does. Thank you, Bridge. You're right. Carl Cox, a vote for conservatives is a vote for a banana republic, fascist-style government that is controlled by the mega-rich mega-corporations. When you have a Kerry Lake running for governor in Arizona says, uh, if I win, I, I mean, if, if I win, I respect the vote. What does that mean if you lose? It is amazing that what they, what they would say in silence before, they are so willing to say up front. It's scary. E2247 says, and using databases to track individual menstrual cycles to make sure abortion and miscarriages get persecuted, plus insurance companies can squeeze more policy pressure for higher profits. And you know, that's the problem with a lot of these tools now, the things that measure your performance and all these things, 
that's sort of the danger people talk about. We need to create strict laws. Uh, let's see. RCP. Uh, let's see. Tom C says Lee Grant. Democrats are desperate to save democracy. Yes, and Republicans are desperate to destroy it. That's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing. Ira Case, for you and Rudnin, as you like numbers and the Harris County numbers are so skewed that it will be obvious what is important politics, uh, not people. Hidalgo and her policies from the uh, people she hires to run in government just needs to change. She attached as much of her staff as flipped head positions and monies. Oh, wow. 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 That is so funny. Makes no sense, but it's funny. George Floyd's family just filed a lawsuit against Kanye West for spreading misinformation about the man's death. I'm sad for all. I am so glad they're suing Kanye West. The man is a sick, sick puppy, but a dangerously sick puppy. Bridge MCP says, so good. Uh, Paul Fleming Sr., good and so sad. Uh, I, Paul says he voted today. When our stuff opens up, I'm going to go get my daughter and we're going to go vote. Right away. All right, let's see what else we got. Home, Harry Case says, feared that some choice words on administration and miscalculation via currency and planning wonders. If this plays out, if so, America is a big loser. I don't know what you're talking about, so I'll have to watch it some other time. Lee Grant says, it's only real in your head. Really? Come on, Lee. You know we only talk facts here. Fear being used via Ukraine, Eric Hayes says. Poland, not good for left even with spare, sparse Republicans doing it. Really? Banana Republic is current policy. Really? Carrie's good candidate and she's hot. Lee Grant, stop it. Lee Grant. Lee Grant, by the way, where, where is, I? you know, I've seen super chat from all my great friends here. Where is your super chat, Lee Grant? I'm waiting for you to throw out a super chat there and see. Just because you comment so much, I'm going to say, hey, Lee Grant, where's your super chat? I'm curious to see if you know about super chat. Just messing with you, Green. But you can. I can't even lie down without my my name being dropped by conservatives in the chat. Huh? Leave me alone for a day. I've got no patience for idiocy and <laughs> heartlessness today. Rudnin, it's because you're loved, okay? And our conservatives love you too, Rudnin. So when they call you, it's, it's just because they love you. Uh, Egberto, the conservatives in the chat here are here to troll you, not support you. Back to bed. <laughs> All right, brother. I throw you a few shakes in a bit. Thank you, my brother Lee Grant. Uh, the duck that quacks, best economy ever. I love you, Duck That Quacks, because you, you understand it, man. Voted last week, got the thanks from voter sticker this week. Yay, 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 yay. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, um, I got another piece for you. This one is for Lee Grant. This one is for Eric Hayes and all my conservative guys who at some time refused to acknowledge the thuggish thievery of our former thug in chief i love you guys but here it is i didn't do it this is your man 
according to an investigation released yesterday by the House Committee on Oversight and Reform during Donald Trump's presidency, Trump hotels charged the Secret Service as much as $1,185 a night. That's more than five times the recommended government rate. A Washington Post report shows Trump Organization properties overall charged the Secret Service more than $1.4 million for agents' accommodations when traveling to protect former President Trump. In a statement on behalf of the Trump Organization, Eric Trump responded by saying, in part, the Trump family is likely the first family in American history to have not profited off of the United States government. Hold for laughter. Right, in more previous like interviews, he said the Trump Organization gave the federal government discounts for staying at their hotels and only charged them about 50 bucks a night. So, Joe, Mika, 1100 bucks a night to the United States taxpayer at Trump Hotels. What a surprise. Not correctors. Yeah. We're, scam- we're scammed. I mean, but, you know, it wasn't just that. It was the fact that he sent a very clear message to world leaders across uh, across the globe. When you come to Washington, D.C., you better stay at my hotel. I, I, I know who stays at my hotel and who doesn't stay at my hotel. And how fascinating, how fascinating. He leaves the White House and he sells the hotel. We spend a lot. Okay, here it is. Eric Hayes says, whoa, still worried about Orange Man. Keep it up. Anything anything other than solving problems, just creating them. Good job, Washington. Okay, I don't quite understand the sentence, but here's what I do know. Bruce, our brother in the house, always says, do you have solutions? And we do have solutions. Our first solutions start as follows. You have got to vote in Democrats so that we can actually solve the enumerated solutions. Oh, Lee Grant, <laughs> he did it. Lee Grant, thank you for the super chat, man. I, I did, I, 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 was, I was just kind of giving you a tease, but appreciate it. Let the other conservatives see that we are equal opportunity supporters. Thank you, brother Lee Grant. Thank you so kindly, brother Lee Grant. Others can follow Lee Grant. Remember, we got to get this stuff going. Anyhow, continuing with the program, uh, Mike Cisak says, Bridge MCP, the election deniers are those that refuse to let states do election audits. If the left is so sure of the results, why refuse to allow audits? We haven't refused audits. They have been doing audits. Arizona did two audits. Georgia did three audits. Again, CSAC, brother, the only election fraud found thus far was Republicans trying to vote several times in several states, including for dead people. Look it up. You can find it. In fact, our our guy, Dan Patrick, had to, our Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick, had to pay Lieutenant Governor at the time, Fetterman, in Pennsylvania, because he said, if you guys find anybody, anybody who finds corruption, voter fraud, I will pay them $25,000. And he expected somebody to come back and find democratic corruption. So everybody was looking for corruption. And Fetterman found a bunch of corruption. Well, not a bunch, like five different instances. And every single instance was Republican voter fraud. And our Texas Attorney General had to pay the P- 
Pennsylvania Attorney General, $25,000. Not the, 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 the guy in, in, in Pennsylvania who discovered the racket, $25,000. Okay? So, Mike Cisak, again, please do your research. Fetterman found the voter fraud. Come on, Lee Grant, speak to my, our other brothers and sisters that are conservatives here and let, her, let them know that we only tell the truth here. All right, uh, let's see what else we got here. They do audits. Oh, yes, they did. Too many. Uh, let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? What else we got here? Mike Cisak, an outside audit group in Georgia went through what they could find over 100,000 fraudulent votes. Brother, Mike, you know I really genuinely... Love you, man. You're a farmer. You make sure that we have food to eat. You've gotten a bad deal from Republicans that gives you the impression. I'm not talking about my Republicans people. I'm talking about Republican leadership. You got a bad deal from them and they really screwed you over. But you believe in that somehow it was Democratic policy that screwed you over, which was actually not the case. And I get it. But the same place that you got that information about 100,000 fraudulent votes is the same people that are misinforming you about everything else that happens. Okay. Tom C. says, stock market up yesterday and today because, wait for it, companies are making record profits in spite of or because of inflation. And thank you very much. It's because of inflation. Hey, Bridge MCP just came in with a one. She says, for Lee and other right, middle, left, PDR, Posse people, good work, Egberto. Much love, bro. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, guys. And again, you know, I preach what I, 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 I preach. I act on what I preach. That's why all our righties, our lefties, our anarchists, and everybody's in the house. Because, you know, we, we are one country and we're going to do it together, man. And there's nothing, by the way, like I said, there's nobody that's going to split us up, man. Because we, if, they, if I allowed them to split us up, I've allowed the plutocracy to win because they are trying their best. Look at what they're doing to Brother CSEC. Look at what they're doing to Brother CSEC and Brother Hayes. Lee Grant is a different case. Lee Grant is on my side. He just has to play devil's advocate all the time. He doesn't know that I know, but he just tries to play devil's advocate. Alistair Waters says, election judges are a thing, Mike Cisek. Mike and Bridge MCP said, judges are not, they look at evidence, and guess what? There was none. Over 60 cases in, this, in courts, all of them thrown out. I don't know what more you want, CSEC. Honestly, brother, I don't know what more you want. If there's anybody's message that I forgot to read... Let me know, and I will read it right away. Uh, Eli Mistel, I mean, I'm not wrong. Let's see. <laughs> I saw something that came from Fleming in the, in the pack, but I didn't get to read it, Fleming. I'll read it a little bit later. Um, anyway, I have another video. What time is it? Okay, I, I don't, I'll do it in, in a little bit. Beforehand, I want to urge folks for something. Let's see. Mike Cisak says, thing is, I've since moved on past the 2020 election, seeing that I'm with 300 million other people will have to suffer the consequences of democratic policies until 2024. All right, Mike. Mike. Uh, Mike, under Trump, you got a stimulus. Under, um, under uh, Biden, you got two stimuli. 
you also got the ability now, if you have uh, your healthcare has been protected, um, if you happen to have a student loan, you can get ten or twenty thousand dollars, depending on what kind you have. We've shored up several parts of our markets. I mean, there's so much that Biden has done, but Democrats don't have a good record in pointing out all the good things that they've done that supports both Republicans and Democrats. Because when they pass policies, it's not policies that only affect Democrats. It affects Americans. So when those kids that were starving during the pandemic got all that money that several people are complaining about now, they're saying, oh, he flooded the, he flooded the market with money. Yes, he did. To keep, the, to keep the economy from crashing or from, from going still. It's Economics 101. Keynesian Economics 101. And it works. I know it's hard, it's hard for, for me to overcome the rhetoric, right? It's very hard for me to overcome a rhetoric that is so instilled in so, the minds of so many. So here's the deal. I want you to see uh, what Anand Nidad Hiradas had to say because Hidad Hiradas, I think is his name, because he believes in the same principles that I believe in. The same principles that I don't say, oh, Mike Cisak, you are just a troll, or oh, Eric Hayes, you just don't get it. I trust that I eventually will get to you by keeping the door open as I've always kept the door open for you all. I want you to listen to this piece here because I think it's a very important piece and then we'll take it on the other side. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. We're we're in two different worlds. We're talking past them. Why? It's incredibly important to call out and talk about on this show and in your life everything you just mentioned, right? It would be irresponsible not to. It's it's been a lot of progress in the media to get folks to call these things what they are. And yet, we risk living in perpetual reaction to these outrages and forgetting to do the second thing, the chewing gum along with the walking, that is offering people a thrilling, galvanizing, uh, magnanimous vision of the future that is more exciting than what the other side is offering. The scary thing right now is that the people who want to end liberal democracy as we know it in America and who, who don't want to include, who would rather break the republic than share it, they are offering a vision that reads to many Americans as more welcoming and more inviting and more fun, frankly. And the people who are on the pro-democracy side trying to build a better movement are failing at that. And so I set out to learn from people who show a different way. And they say there's a bunch of things we need to do that can move some of those friends. We need to command attention much more effectively on the pro-democracy side in the way that the right is very good at. We need to, for some of your friends and lawyer friends and others, do a better job at making meaning of these things that are happening and, and, and actually understanding their intuitions, having empathy for what they value and explaining to them empathetically and, and with care, not contempt, why it is that what's happening to the country violates what they believe, not just what we believe. Uh, I think we need to meet people where they are, particularly on this issue of 
of gas inflation crime. There is a tendency in the Democratic Party to say, no, 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 no. The thing you're telling us you are worried about is not, in fact, something you should be worried about. You have false consciousness in this worry. You should, in fact, be worried about this thing I got over here that's far more important. If you've met a real person, you know it doesn't work. In fact, Democrats have a whole policy agenda that relates to those concerns people have and have a theory. But it, 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 there is this total failure to actually meet people where they are. There is a problem President Obama was referring to of a movement that feels inaccessible to people, feels standoffish, feels like a nightclub that's hard to join. Uh, a lot of that's ginned up. Some of that's real. That has to that has to stop. So I, I spent time in all kinds of actual spaces outside of the national political scene for the persuaders where this is actually happening where we're not having the most inflammatory version of these conversations that, that exists on other channels, where we are having generative conversations, where Americans are finding common ground, where we're talking about race in ways that actually pull people in rather than alienate people, where we're talking about how you have a more fair economy with opportunity for all without scaring people. Uh, and, I, and I really believe Eve, in part because I refuse to give up on this country, that there is a way forward for American democracy, but it is going to take building a pro-democracy movement, a freedom movement that is unlike any movement we have ever seen. And I believe these persuaders I wrote about show a way to do it. So because of the optimism you just mentioned, this is a hopeful book. It yes, is. This is a dark topic, but it's a hopeful book, and you're effectively saying to people... Stop doom scrolling. Stop hiding between underneath your blanket, hoping Donald Trump goes to jail and get up and do something. So what gives you hope? Why are you hopeful in this book? I went to Arizona for the final chapter of the book to witness something called deep canvassing. And I'm choosing to spotlight this because actually everybody listening to this can go sign up to become a deep canvasser themselves. These are regular people around the country who've gotten a few hours of training online to go door to door and talk to their neighbors about issues. And this is not the political canvassing you're familiar with where it's one minute on the door. This is 30 to 40 minutes on the door if you can keep the door open. And usually they do keep the door open that long. And what they are doing in Arizona and elsewhere is talking talking about the hardest issues facing us, immigration, race, LGBT rights, so on and so forth. And they go to these doors and they basically behave the opposite of the way most of us believe in, behave in the culture now. They don't call out. They don't condemn. They don't dunk. They sit there and they listen with respect. They don't lie about where they stand. They're honest about the fact that they're in this fight because they believe in dignity for whatever group is in question. But they listen. They elicit prejudices. They elicit views. And then they start doing the second thing that makes deep canvassing work. They look for sources of dissonance. Sure, you say that about immigrants. But do you know any immigrants? Yeah, I do. Do the immigrants you know, do they square with what you just said a minute ago? And a lot of times people realize, no, my gardener is actually the hardest working person I know. I don't know why I just said those people are lazy. Uh, or have you ever been shut out and marginalized and scorned because of factors about you you couldn't control? And people will say, yeah, I guess that is the same as what I'm doing to trans people in this country. This movement of deep canvassing is one of many that I profile in the book where there is real progress being made in changing minds in a polarized time. Not the hardcore 10, 15 percent of Americans who may well be immovable on these issues, but a lot of people besides who, who are movable, who research is showing are movable. And I spent time with them because I was despairing and I was convinced uh, that, you know, you can just kind of pray for indictments, pray for Bob Mueller, pray for Merrick Garland, all, all these kinds of 
detours when we actually know what has the only thing that has ever actually changed anything in this country, which is more people coming together and wanting the other thing. And we need to summon, as we have never summoned before in this country, a passion for democracy. People cannot just be voting for the pro-democracy movement because it's less bad than the other side, because it's less crazy. Uh, it needs to build a transcendent movement, a movement of belonging and connection that people want to scream about from the rooftops. And I believe it can. We spend uh, a lot. Absolutely so. And, and, and that's where I've been for quite a long time now. In fact, uh, I believe that we are in this together, whether some of us like it or not. Uh, we are our brothers and sisters keepers, whether each of us like it or not. And the one villain is the one splitting us apart, understanding that whether either of us want to accept it or not. And one of the reasons I keep the modus operandi that I keep is because I understand that if I if I succumb, if I as a as a person, as one person, succumb to hating those who hate on me, to disparaging uh, evilly a Mike Cisak, a Eric Hayes, a a a, a Michael Lado, and all the other conservatives that comes here. I would have given victory to the plutocracy who needs us at each other's neck. I won't have that. They are my brothers. Whether they like it or not, we are in the same boat. Whether they like it or not. And so therefore, you know, they can tell me anything. You can say anything. You can do anything. You can whatever anything. I am going to try to reach folks. And I want to give an example. I'm, I, 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 in my book, it's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. The right wing is one thing, right? But it could be, how do I talk to a, 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 a DSA member that doesn't completely agree with my point of view of, of talking to the other side? How, uh, it's, 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 the same, uh, it's the same process, right? In my book, I wrote a chapter called Explaining Medicare for All. And you notice Anand Hirad Hirada said, go to where people are, not telling them what they don't see. There's this woman I met. I want to read this, the, the chapter in the book because it's important and I think it, it lends itself. And, and, and I, I want to get this because I want people to see those newcomers on YouTube and elsewhere to understand where we're coming from. I said, it, the, the title of, my, of the chapter in this book, it's worth it, how to uh, talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. I said, I was sitting in one of my favorite coffee shops before the pandemic. I just, I, I, I just about lived in there till one o'clock. I would then go to my home studio to do the Politics Done Right show. I would return to the coffee shop many times again in the late afternoons on the specific day a woman came and sat next to me. I see you here all the time, she said, sort of soliciting an informative reply. I told her I was a national blogger and radio media show host and loved the environment. I get a lot of blog ideas from a myriad of people I meet there. Many have become subjects in my blogs or shows, anonymous most of the times, of course. We start talking about healthcare. 
I do not remember how we got there, but we both agreed that the health insurance system was a mess. The woman thought she hated Obamacare, even though she was on a particular good employer-based insurance plan. I have spoken to many people about health care. It is one of my most important topics of conversation. I ask many questions. What about her insurance did she not like? I got the standard response. The premium was too high. The deductibles were too high. The co-pays were a nuisance. She hated having to go through the ringer to see a specialist. And she hated having to self-select alternatives drugs because the insurance company only allowed a specific one. The woman hated that she had to constantly check to see if a specific doctor was on her plan. I told my new friend that my wife had lupus and because she had a pre-existing condition that it has been hard to get insurance and as a self-employed business owner, the yearly increases were terrible. I did not yet tell the woman that we were on Obamacare and the value compared to how things were before was orders of magnitude better. I did not want to do anything to change the flow of the discourse. I pointed out her plan was no different than Obamacare. Really? She asked sort of in shock. At this point, because I was so attentive as I listened, again, as I listened without offering any opinions, the woman likely took me took my response not as one favoring Obamacare, but just stating a fact. I am sure she thought I was one of the few black Republicans in the community. I asked her what she thought like in a, what she what she would like in a plan. She wanted no deductible small copay, the ability to select the doctor of her choice and the drug of her doctor's choice. In effect, she wanted to escape the chains of the insurance company. I told her she was describing the concept for Medicare for all. She gave me a confused look. And I also pointed out that the that like Obamacare insurance companies could not rescind the policy and place caps on how much they were willing to pay for her care. At this point, it was clear that she was having a mental conversation. I felt guilty because I am sure that with all the talking I was doing, mostly by having her answer her own questions and having her tweak her answers with further questions for answers requiring clarification, she was sure that I was just an analytical Republican. The most important question had to do with an option to choose. She said she did not want socialized health care, health insurance, because she wanted the freedom to choose health insurance companies that best fulfill her needs. I asked her what happens if her needs change in the middle of the year. She had a blank look. It was time for me to come clean because it was time to go a bit deeper. Ma'am, I think I need to tell you something, I said. I am progressive, liberal, a real lefty. The woman turned cherry red in her face. She could not speak for a few seconds. The piercing stare eye to eye seemed like an eternity. The woman then blurted out, But you are so nice. I could not help but laugh out loud. I told her the caricature she has she sees portrayed in right-wing media is just that, a caricature. I told her she should come and have lunch with our local liberal ladies who lunch. I wanted to continue the conversation, and she did too. I asked her to please tell me which system gives her the most freedom. Is the one that you have to shop around for a yearly basis, which comes the closest to her needs freer than the one where you go to the doctor of your choice who can prescribe the medicine or procedure they deem more fit? Of course, she picked the latter, which was Medicare for all. 
By then, she had already convinced herself that Medicare for All was the best choice. But while intellectually she could have made the leap, ideologically had her ideology had her stayed in uh, what was a fact to her. That will still cost too much, and all our insurance would go up. I asked her about how much she thought her premium would go up. She said 10 to 20%. I asked her if she would give someone $200 to pay a $160 bill. She said that made no sense. Isn't that what insurance companies do? I asked. She agreed. But don't they have to put away for the rainy day, she asked. That was her way to talk about managing risk. If there was only one entity paying the bill, wouldn't all the costs get spread across millions of people, I asked. After the conversation, it was clear the seed was planted, fertilized, and sprouting. She had proven to herself that single-payer Medicare for All was the best answer. I am sure her husband will have her second-guessing herself, but I'm confident that the tenor of our discourse made her feel empowered as she should. My friend may not become a healthcare activist with her husband to keep the peace, but I am sure she will never look at health insurance the same again. It was clear she saw the utter lack of logic of private insurance as the method of paying for one's health care. I mean, I repeat that story over and over again because the look in that woman's face as she was coming to the conclusion that how could I have believed the crap that I believed for so long? And you could see it falling out of this lady. I mean, I, I want, you know, you could see also she wanted to hug me at the end of the day. Right? But I knew that this was just a one-stop, one thing, right? I knew it. You know, look at my CSAC's response. Everything the government has put itself into housing, healthcare, uh, inflation is such quadruple. That's not true. What the private sector has done, that is true for the private sector. Look at what inflation is doing. Look at the profits that Tom C. spoke about earlier. That profit is a direct result of the inflation that these guys created by inflating prices. That is true. Nearly every country with socialized health care faces better care for the sick. And the people do better. They get less heart attacks, less cancer, less everything. Bruce Pollard says there isn't a socialized health care system in the developed world that doesn't supersede the U.S. privatized health care problem. Exactly. It's a statement of fact that very few people want to really, uh, really acknowledge. Right. So, um, uh, let's see what else we have here. If I have, I want to give a big, 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 huge thank you to Robert P. Davenport for your generous contribution. And of course, we also have from our wonderful Bridge MCP and our wonderful Lee Grant. You guys make my day. You guys must understand what we go through here. I want to thank you so kindly for all of you out here that continue to support our program. We could not possibly do it without you. And you know what? I intend to continue to do this. Items with healthcare that isn't covered by insurance or government programs have gone down in price over time with improving care. Um, I know that's a story that they tell you. The only reason something goes down in price is that if government or private healthcare isn't going to buy it, uh, the regular average American won't buy it. So it defaults to the, uh, its original cost. 
And we could get rid of that original cost altogether by socializing medicine. And then that cost is gone permanentemente because for things that are necessary for human beings, there's no profit motive that should be necessary. You know, it's that simple. But Mike, again, stick around, Mike. I think in the long run, as you see more of your conservatives uh, bite the bullet and see the truth, it'll, it'll open your mind that you will consider having faith in what we talk about. Uh, I, I really think so. Uh, I, I really think so. No, 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 Mike. Yeah, actually, Mike, you know what? You're right. I made your point, and your point goes like this. If we don't have somebody who has to buy it, it won't be bought. In other words, if government or insurance are not going to buy it, the private sector is forced to drop the price. But that isn't a direct correlation with if we left it all to the private sector and you break your leg, your leg must be fixed. You don't have a choice. Remember, there's a, there's a huge difference that you have to understand there, Mike. I get your point. Your point for that particular incident that you mentioned here is absolutely correct. Government says no. Insurance says no. Therefore, corporate corporation has to drop price so that they can sell something that neither government or insurance company would buy. So you're correct. That causes a price drop. But if you remove government and insurance, all you have is the private sector, right? Then the private sector will charge whatever the market will bear. If you only have government, government excludes profit, which give it to you at cost plus expense. That's the difference. And it's important, important, important to understand the difference of what you just said. What you just said was a, and I, I am glad you brought that up though, Mike, because it gives me a chance to show the difference in when there's only the private sector or when there's only government. If there's only government for necessities, then it will coalesce down to the cost plus expense. If it's private sector, uh, without government, it is whatever the market will bear because the profit motive is a legitimate thing within that that market system. If it's the government and market, uh, government and, and and health insurance fighting each other with the option to say absolutely no, then the private sector will always win because it has to drop the cost because there are no buyers. Okay, government cannot cause inflation, sir. Uh, but we'll have to leave that for another day. It's 4.01, and I got to get out of here. Thank you very much, Bridge MCP. Thank you very much, Lee Grant. Thank you very much, Robert Davenport, for your kind contribution to the show. For those of you who haven't yet contributed, and I forgot to play that thing today, so I'm going to put that up real quick on the screen. Please consider supporting us at PayPal. That is where we get the biggest bang for the buck. Your your, your monies go a lot further. That is politics, uh, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. As well, please become a patron if you can, if you don't want to do pile, uh, PayPal. To become a patron, go to politicsdoneright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And don't forget, please visit our books. In fact, the, the story that I read out of uh, the book, please, please, please get that book and the others that I have at politicsdoneright.com slash books. This one is called, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives. Let me turn, whoops, turn around. It's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. We all must get along, all right? 
I am not going to be anybody's enemies. Now, if you slap me, I'm going to slap you back. But I won't be anybody's enemies, even if we slap each other. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.